time for the Vintage Truth Podcast with best-selling author and Bible teacher, Jeff Kinley. Welcome to episode number 93 of the Vintage Truth Podcast. I'm Jeff Kinley, and I'm here to help you understand God's Word in a language that makes sense, because that's what it's all about. You know, this Vintage Truth Podcast is coming to you because you are hungry for the truth. And some of you are hungry to know many things of, of what the Bible says. And so if you have questions that you would like to uh, to ask me, in, in other words, maybe there's some things that you'd say, hey, Jeff, could you do a podcast about this question sometime in the future? I'd be happy to consider that. Just send me an email, send me a note. And the way you do that is go to my website, jeffkinley.com and just click on the contact tab and you can send any kind of message to me that you want to as long as you want to as well so uh, anyway go ahead and send me those questions I'll be glad to consider some future podcasts okay so today I want to talk about how to overcome a difficult past how to overcome a difficult past how how to look in the rearview mirror and when you see what you see back there of where you've been in life, how do you overcome that? Because some of you guys have overcome some, or rather faced some very difficult times. I think the best way to be able to see how to do that is to look at how others have done it as well. And you know, there's nowhere better than to discover that than the Bible, than the stories that we see in the Bible. Today, I want to talk about one of those people, one of those people. And it's a woman that we all know in Scripture in fact, this person had an incredible past. I mean, if they were a person traveling around today, giving their testimony, they'd be book solid because of what they had experienced. You know, several years ago, I had um, a conversation with a person who was a former prostitute. And this person had come out of a, uh, a lifestyle of being a call girl uh, in Las Vegas. And... Um, just an incredible story. I remember at the time I we were conversing on social media. I remember say, saying to that person, you know, you need to write a book about your story. You need someone to help you write a book about your story. And lo and behold, many years later, this person has done that. And she started a ministry uh, to the call girl industry, which is fantastic because you go back to those that uh, you were formerly associated with and you bring the good news of Jesus Christ. You know, the story today from Scripture is the story of Mary Magdalene. Now, I know in, in pretty much all of the Bible movies that have been made, Mary Magdalene has been portrayed as a former prostitute who came to Jesus Christ. However, like many of these portrayals that Hollywood does or even some Christian movies do, there is absolutely nothing in Scripture that tells us that she was a former prostitute. You say, oh, really? Wow, I always thought Mary Magdalene was a prostitute. No Bible verse for that. In fact, the Bible does tell us what was wrong with her and where she came from. And here it is. The Bible says that she was demon-possessed. I'd say that goes a little bit further down the, the dark hole of sin than even prostitution. Yeah, in fact, the Bible tells us that she had seven demons living inside her. Wow. I don't know how that happened, but 
Hey, and by the way, in a future podcast, I'm going to do a whole series on demons. And we're going to talk about demonic possession during uh, those podcasts. But Mary was, she was possessed by demons. And um, we do know that, scripturally speaking, that there was mental torture that was involved in that mass confusion. Uh, there was there were perverse, wicked thoughts. The Bible tells us about demonic possession and ability to think coherently. There was, you know, you were separated, obviously, from normal life and society. If you were demon-possessed, you were emotionally tormented. You had horrible fears. There was self-mutilation and the lingering scars that come from that, lasting reminders of satanic captivity. And uh, there was complete volitional slavery you were you're a slave by a to, to a force greater than yourself and you know we don't know all of what was involved but but if you have that's just being in, possessed by a demon imagine being possessed by seven demons so if mary exhibited some of the same characteristics as other demonically possessed persons in the new testament then it's likely that she was a wild uncontrollable evil monster this woman from Magdala was tortured in her soul and maybe even tormented others with her demonic possession. She was completely controlled by a host of evil entities inhabiting her body and controlling her spirit. And she was helpless while under the irresistible influence of those seven demons. Tormented within, Mary was a hopeless case. A lost cause, we would say today. But fortunately for Mary, Jesus specializes in lost causes. And at some point during this demonic ordeal of hers, Mary Magdalene met Jesus the Christ. And on the day that her path crossed Jesus' all hell literally broke loose, instantly the seven demons inside her recognized the carpenter from Nazareth. Like spotting a celebrity in the crowd, they all knew who this famous one was. And they met someone way more powerful than they. They were outnumbered one to seven. (laughs) And Christ came on the scene in her life. And so these demons were suddenly surrounded by the infinite power of Christ. And like other demonic encounters, I am pretty sure that a shockwave of fear shot through them like a lightning bolt as they were overshadowed by the presence of Almighty God, the very God from whom they had rebelled many, many millennia earlier. Most likely they begged for mercy like other demons had done. The seven spirits who had inflicted so much pain and fear and torment on others now found themselves full of dread and terror and future torment. Now the Bible doesn't say how Jesus healed her. And he could have just uttered a simple word, go. And they exited Mary's body like rats jumping off a sinking ship. There was no lengthy exorcism here like you see in movies. No priest called in to do incantations and throw supposed holy water, which doesn't exist, by the way, holy water on her body. There was no doing the signs of the cross or you know, uttering some voodoo-like spell to try to overcome. No, it was just the power of Christ. No religious ritual, just a word from the Son of Man, and they were gone. And the woman from Magdala was free. 
course, you know, they would have come back to Mary and returned in full force. In fact, went to get reinforcements unless a greater power, a greater person actually had not taken up residence in her heart. We know that from Matthew 12, verses 43 through 45. Fortunately for Mary, her house was under new management. She was filled once again, not with seven, but with one. No vacancy sign hung outside her heart. She was perfectly cured, completely delivered by Jesus. And for the first time in a long, long time, she was stable, she was sane, she was secure, and she was saved. Can you see Mary looking up at Jesus, clearly exhausted from her ordeal and her past, gazing into her Savior's smiling eyes with a cleansed, grateful heart? Perhaps her eyes welled up with tears as the reality of what just happened began to sink into her. She could hardly believe it. The monsters would never shout her name again. Her living nightmare was over. Or was it? You see, several things could have happened at this point. Mary could have said a heartfelt thank you to Jesus and just gone on home to Magdala. And no one really would have blamed her for this, right? I mean, Jesus held many people who, after receiving their miracle, just simply went back home. Something else could have happened. Even though Mary was delivered from her demons, the awful memory of her captivity and her past could have haunted her like a reoccurring nightmare. She may have received physical wounds or even disfigurement from her demonic ordeal. If so, she would have been reminded daily of Satan's scars on her body. Yeah, the demons were gone, but what had they left behind? Had they trashed Mary's mind like a rock star after a night in a hotel room? What permanent damage had they inflicted on her, and how would it affect her new life in Christ? After all, let's be real. A difficult past is hard to overcome, no matter who you are. It can be like a powerful magnet pulling you irresistibly towards the darkness again. Some people have a hard time overcoming their past even Christians. Following Mary's deliverance, former friends, family, and townspeople were surely in a state of unbelief. Downing a person like her could really ever change. I mean, she might get religion for a few months, but that's it, right? She might temporarily be spellbound by this Galilean magician, but before long, she'd wake up and snap out of it. She'd go back to her old self. It's only a matter of time, right? Twelve disciples could have also joined in this ministry of discouragement, they might also have quenched her newfound passion of Christ like they did against others who tried to minister to Jesus. After all, rabbis like him didn't usually have women disciples, and the all-male group would have preferred to keep it a guys-only thing. I mean, back then, women didn't enjoy the same rights as they do today. They weren't even allowed to testify in court. Did you know that? That may have been why, later on, the disciples didn't believe Mary when she told them she had been seen him risen from the dead in Mark chapter 16. How ironic that Mary, considered an unreliable witness by society, was chosen to be the very first witness of Christ's resurrection. But let's believe the best, okay, for a second. Let's just assume that the disciples did welcome Mary into their little fellowship club with open arms. There remains one more reason why she may have had some enormous difficulty overcoming her past. True, Jesus had forgiven her, but would she be able to enjoy the forgiveness? Would her life really change, or would she become paralyzed by feelings of guilt and unworthiness 
Would her former life haunt her, pulling her over the edge back into despair? Would Mary consistently wonder if she could get beyond her past and onto a new life? Would she forever be looking over her shoulder to see if the demons were coming back to get her? Would she ever make it as a disciple? Have you ever asked yourself that question? Am I going to make it as a disciple? (laughs) I mean, really, me. Considering who I am, am I going to make this thing? See, haunting obstacles and huge hurdles like this could have greeted Mary as she took her first Christian baby steps. And any one of them may have prevented her from experiencing her new life in Jesus. Hey, how many friends have you known who made a, quote, decision for Jesus at some youth camp or a conference or retreat or after a tragedy in their life only to sink right back into their old ways in a matter of weeks or months? How many didn't make it beyond their past, beyond the things that originally kept them from God? And where are they today? Hey, you know that, right? Casualties. Failing to make a clean break from the past, allowing unhealthy influences to remain in your life, not making new friendships, falling back into old ways without first being grounded in the new way. All these are reasons why people don't survive the new life. And it tells us that they may not have enjoyed salvation to begin with. You see, there are just several realities about life. You know, it's not easy to break away from long-term friendships, those toxic relationships, is it? It's not easy to conquer drug addiction. It's not easy to get past anger and hatred and bitterness or abuse. It's not easy to get over your parents' divorce. It's not easy to leave behind an immoral past. It's not easy to forget rape or abortion. It's not easy to climb out of the pit of depression. It's not easy to just ignore years of love deprivation and neglect. It's not easy to erase memories of sexual cruelty or child abuse. It's not easy to break free from something that has controlled you pretty much all your life. It's not easy to overcome a difficult past. No, it's not easy, but it can be done when Jesus Christ lives inside you. Say, Jeff, what about Mary? (laughs) What happened to her? Well, fortunately for her, she had met the answer to all her problems, and she embraced a Savior who had earned a reputation for doing something that no one else had done in her day, and that is he gave women hope. You see, Jesus raised women from second-class social status, giving them equality with men. Instead of humiliation, he honored them and gave them personal dignity. But beyond all these things, he gave them forgiveness, deliverance, and salvation, and now Mary was a friend of God. So what's the rest of her story? How did she respond to this gift of grace and salvation? Well, I'm happy to report to you that Mary became one of Jesus Christ's most devoted and passionate followers. She also, by the way, in Luke chapter 8, verses 2 and 3, tell us that she financially supported Jesus' ministry because of her great gratitude. She had much for which to be grateful, and she demonstrated that through her faithful devotion. When every disciple except John was cowering under the covers at home, Mary stood by her Savior while Roman soldiers brutally hammered him onto a cross. She cared enough to prepare his body for for burial. She later brought materials to to embalm him, to to help uh, cover the stench of of his dying body, of his dead body. And she was the very first at the tomb after the resurrection. You see, God's reward for her devotion was that she became the first to ever see the risen Christ And her conversation with Jesus 
that the garden tomb is a scene so tender it brings tears to your eyes. John chapter 20, verses 11 through 18. Hey, there's no denying it. Mary came from a terrible past. One few, if any of us, will ever know. But she overcame it, leaving it all behind, moving on to a brand new life with Jesus. Her past had branded her soul like a full-body tattoo. So how could she ever remove it? How did she do it? What can we learn from Mary? What does her story teach us? Well, piecing together what we know from Scripture, here's what we can observe from this remarkable woman. First of all, Mary wanted to be wherever Jesus was. After her deliverance and her salvation experience, she stayed as close to Jesus as she possibly could. She didn't care if he was teaching on a hillside, lounging at someone's house, or even being crucified. She followed him wherever he went, no matter what the cost. She took advantage of every opportunity to deepen her relationship with Christ. Do you? Secondly, Mary never looked back. Though powerless to erase the memory of the past, through Christ she had erased the effect that that memory had on her. She broke the power of the past by focusing on her future. She broke the power of the past by focusing on her future. Like Mary, we too need to let go of anything that slows us down from running the race, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2. Hey, is anything keeping you from pursuing Jesus in your life right now? Anything, anyone, anything slowing you down, hindering your progress? If so, it's got to go. It's got to go. Use God's power and drop it like a bad habit today. Mary never looked back. Third, Mary demonstrated her love for God. As I mentioned, she invested financial resources into his ministry. She was now Jesus-possessed in her heart, soul, mind, and body. Even her bank account had Jesus as the owner. Does he have all of you? I'm convinced that Mary told her story to others wherever she went, sharing the love, hope, power, and deliverance that comes through a relationship with Jesus Christ. That's Mary. She did all those things. There are few things more exciting than seeing someone come to Christ out of a difficult past. They're like a family treasure snatched from a house fire. They're trophies of grace stolen from Satan's private collection. These are the lives worth celebrating every day. Oh, wait a minute. Whoa, whoa. I know what you're thinking. You're going, yeah, Jeff, I, I, I don't have a difficult past. In fact, my life has been relatively smooth. No major traumas, no past tragedy, tragedies. My, you know, I didn't get beat as a child. I wasn't sexually abused. I mean, what's wrong with me? You know, I come out, do I have a testimony? Sometimes people like that think they have a hard time relating to someone like Mary. I mean, obviously she was demon possessed. So what does this woman really have to teach you? Well, she shows us that no one is beyond the reach of Jesus Christ. So don't dismiss anyone as hopeless. As long as there's breath, there's hope for anyone without Christ, pray for them. Her story also reminds us how hard it can be to break free from a difficult past. So this ought to give us compassion, understanding, and patience for others. It's not easy for them. They're in process just like the rest of us. Philippians 1, 6 tells us that God is committed to that. So be patient with them. Also, knowing people like Mary can change how we motivate ourselves to extend God love, God's love to them. The person who's living inside you, Jesus, is the only hope for mankind. But you still have to share it with them, so reach out to them. And finally, Mary's complete commitment to Jesus makes her one of history's most devoted followers of Christ. So follow her example. If she can do that, 
having demons, surely you can do it with the power of Christ in your life. Yeah, Mary got over her difficult past, but she never, ever got over Jesus. Have you? I'll see you next time on the Vintage Truth Podcast. Thanks for listening to the Vintage Truth Podcast. Please subscribe and share with a friend. For more about Jeff's ministry, go to jeffkinley.com.